And I just want to encourage any and all of you, the next eight weeks will be great weeks to invite friends, to invite people in your life who are exploring faith or asking questions about life and purpose and meaning and what does it look like to experience and encounter the living God. And we're going to be on this journey together. And so I am grateful uh, but it's not just those of us gathered in this room. It's not just those of us experiencing this online. But we have the privilege of sharing this series of talks with our friends at Growing Faith Fellowship. Terrence Campbell and their church family are also in this exact same message series together. Our churches have been preparing behind the scenes. We've been planning this talk with Terrence. And I'm so grateful. And some of you might be like, that name sounds familiar to me. Terrence Campbell's becoming a dear friend of mine, and the thing that we're asking is we step into the story of God, what does it look like to share a commitment to collaborate for the good news of Jesus being proclaimed in our city? So for those of you that maybe were with us this past spring, we had a joint baptism service with Growing Faith Fellowship. Here is my friend Terrence, very handsome, good-looking man, who is kind, who is compassionate, who is thoughtful in all that he does, and is becoming a dear friend to me. And so I am so grateful that we have been able to share that time. We've been able to celebrate what God is doing. And the question we keep asking one another is, how do we join the mission of God together here in the city? How do we experience this life being a part of God's bigger church family together? And it just fills my heart with a lot of hope of what God might be up to and what God is doing here, what God is doing there. And so what I want you to think about are two questions that author and pastor Howard Thurman poses to us. Howard Thurman says it this way, and I think this is so helpful. There are two questions we all need to ask. Where am I going? And who is going with me? Where am I going? And who is going with me? Those questions sort of reverberate in my own soul because it does a couple things. One, it helps us really consider the trajectory of our life, and it reminds us that the trajectory of our life is intended to give lift and hope to others around us. It's not just individualistic, but the heart of God is communal. The heart of God is that we would journey together. So for quite some time here at the Vineyard, we've been using language like this. We want to be a community experiencing the transforming love of Jesus. Joining the mission of God in the cities we love. The transforming love of Jesus is for you. It's available. It is necessary for all of life. And it calls us into God's story. Now, depending on your own journey... You might be like me, and you've been around church for quite some time. I've been around church my whole life. And there's this word used in church often called discipleship. And here at this kind of juncture in history, at this moment, more and more people are asking questions about discipleship. And if you're new to church, that word might be unfamiliar to you. However, if you've been in church a long time, we might have a hundred different definitions of what discipleship means. To be a disciple to be a follower of Jesus. And so here's how we're going to define it at the Vineyard during this next talk and this series and going forward. Discipleship is simply 
following Jesus together. Where am I going? I'm following Jesus. Who is coming with me? Who are the friends? Who are the coworkers? Who are the family? Who are the people God is putting around me that I can point towards Jesus? I can say, come with me. Let's go together. This is the journey. This is the journey. This is the rest of my days, following Jesus together. It is not supposed to be an overly religious journey. It's not your striving and your effort and you trying harder and you controlling it and checking boxes. This is a relational journey. It is an invitation of the living God to you and to me. It's our hope that over these next weeks, this will emerge for us, that we will be equipping our community to feel more confident in their discipleship journey. That your confidence that God is alive, that your confidence that God is at work, that your confidence that God is moving towards you and pursuing you and inviting you into his story, that that would begin to increase. And you might be through the roof confident already, but you are not God, which means God has more for you. And you might be in the lowest of low, and you might think, I have zero, zero confidence in God's love for me. But you're here. You're engaging. Your openness is creating the possibility that God might be alive and at work and interested in you. And that's what we believe to be true at the Vineyard. Your faith in God might be really small right now, but the reality is God is alive and at work, and his heart is for you. His love is for you. He is interested in pursuing you and writing and authoring the best story. Will we step into that story? Will we be another generation that will follow the generations before who stepped into the story of God in our day and in our time? This is the journey. This is the journey. And I'll tell you what, I've been around this thing long enough to know that it just sounds great. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. God's alive. Woo! Some of you are like, yeah, but life is miserable. But it's good news, and it is. But we often know the struggle of life more closely than the good news of God. We often know the challenges of life more closely than the joy of Jesus. We often know the struggle more than we know the freedom. So what do we do? What do we do? I think that there is this reality in front of us that we must turn our eyes to Jesus again. Again, for fresh encounter. Our eyes on Jesus again for fresh possibilities. Our eyes on Jesus once again for the next step of the journey. So I want you to open up your Bible. If you happen to have brought one, you can use a free app that I love, the YouVersion Bible app. It'll be on the screen behind me. But we're going to be in a New Testament book called Mark. It is this far through, way to the right. We're going to be in Mark chapter 1. Before we read from the scriptures, I want to just pray for us. I was praying for our church family this weekend, and the, the word that I sensed the Lord just kind of highlight for me in my thoughts and my kind of quiet time in God's presence was possibility. The possibility of God meeting us today. 
the possibility of God being alive and working towards hope and freedom and pouring out his spirit on us today. All of us need the possibility that God might do something more in our lives. And so, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we acknowledge we need you. If you are real, if you are alive and at work, we ask for you to reveal yourself today. Wherever we are on this journey, I pray that we would realize you are coming close and you have grace for us for where we are and you are inviting us for our next step to be with you and towards you and in step with you. And so we just say, Holy Spirit, come. Speak to us. Encounter us today, God. We need your love and your presence in all things. Amen. We're going to be in Mark 1, starting in verse 16. It says this, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. Pause. Just imagine if our time was that time. Jesus shows up on the scene proclaiming good news, and he begins to walk through, well, he couldn't have walked the sidewalks in Pearland, there's not as many of those, so maybe he's walking the sidewalks downtown, or maybe he's driving down Broadway, and he comes across you where you spend most of your time. He comes across you at your place of work. He comes across you at home with your family. He comes across you maybe out to eat with friends. He shows up, and it's all normal. It is the most normal of times. The guys that we're going to see in this story are doing what they did every day. They are stepping into their story of their normal life fishing. Fishing. It's ordinary people in an ordinary time. And Jesus shows up. They're just casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. They were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Having grown up in church, this is a story I know. And I can just sort of read it flat. Jesus shows up. He's like, come follow me. They're like, sure. Is it weird? They're like, see you, Dad. Good luck catching fish today. I was tired anyway. This guy gave me a better option. Put yourself in the story. Step into the story of God. These guys probably had enough means to have their own business, enough means to have staff on their team, enough means to operate in what was the normal sort of stuff of that day. And Jesus shows up and gives them an option and an invitation they cannot refuse. Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. 
The journey of following Jesus together calls us into God's story. It says he was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The center of this story that God is writing is the good news of his rule, the good news of his reign, the good news of his authority. And it's dead in the center. Let's go to this picture where it puts the kingdom of God right in the middle. And then it says this is what's unfolding out of that for all of us. It is unfolding a life with God. Come follow me. A life with others. I will teach you how to fish for other humans. A life on mission. I will give you purpose that when you wake up tomorrow, your purposes are my purposes here in the earth. God's kingdom is sowing good news, and the invitation of Jesus is to this way of life, day in and day out, wherever you are. As you mend your nets, as you hang out on a boat, wherever you are, the journey with Jesus comes close, and it gets personal. It comes close, and it's communal. It comes close, and it's transformational. And you might be thinking, Kurt, you got all of that out of that one little story? Well, I did, and I want to show you where. I want to show you where. Let's just come back and work the text. Come, follow me. See, Jesus starts with meeting us in invitation, and it's come. Jesus moves towards us. He says, come. Jesus comes in the flesh, and he says, come, follow me. The question is, are we willing? Are we willing? They could have said, no, I'm good. They could have said, no, Jesus... I got a job already. Are you willing? Are you willing to hear the invitation of Jesus? This is where life with God starts and continues day after day after day. I was reminded of a quote from John Wimber, who's the founder of Vineyard USA, the family, the association of churches that we're a part of. And he says this about faith in Jesus. The way in is the way on. The willingness to begin a faith journey with Jesus is the future of your faith journey with Jesus. It is willingness over and over and over and over to say, yes, I will follow. Are you willing? How willing is your heart at this point in your journey? How willing has the last season of your faith journey been? What I love about these first disciples is that they were ready to respond. Their hearts had been looking for the Messiah. They were aware of their need for salvation, and their lives were ready to respond because they knew what they needed. One of the commentaries I was reading said something interesting. It said that they had already known of Jesus before the invitation happened. It wasn't like this complete stranger comes to them and says, Hey, kids, you want some candy? It wasn't this stranger danger moment. It wasn't this thing of, I have no reference for who Jesus is. They had already begun to hear of the proclamation of Jesus. They had already been searching the scriptures of the Old Testament, looking for what God was going to do. They had already begun to hear probably the whispers of, could this be, and is this, and the moment of encounter, they respond. When they hear the living God call them by name, they respond. Are you listening for God calling you by name? Are you posturing your life the same way so that you can hear the invitation of God saying, come follow me, come follow me? Are you willing? Goes on to say this, come follow me. 
See, I think in a lot of ways we are up for the come. <laughs> yeah, sure, Jesus, I'll hang out with you. I'll come see what your parties are about. I'll come see you do some miracles. That sounds interesting. The follow me piece is where we begin to have to confront our pride. This journey of following Jesus calls us into humility. It calls us to be those who are willing to have a life with God where we say, I am not God. God, you are God. I will follow you. If you ask me to leave my nets, I will leave my nets. If you ask me to leave my family business, I will leave my family business. I will give you authority in all things in my life. Follow me. We just had this incredible series we just finished, and Jesus says, come to me, and I will show you how to work. I will show you how to rest. I will show you how to live the life I created you to live. Follow me. And again, this encounter happens in this normal moment of life, and so I think Jesus wants us to have encounters like this in our normal life. When you wake up tomorrow... Jesus wants to encounter you and say, follow me. Follow me into the boardroom. Follow me to this lunch appointment with your friends. Follow me in how you love your kids. Follow me in how you care for your spouse. Follow me. You know, it was just recently we did a marriage weekend here at the Vineyard, and I was thinking about a real-life example about how Jesus is calling me into his story. I happen to be married. It's been 17 years, and I just... The more I'm married, the clearer it is to me that my, my engagement and how I love Lauren hinges completely on how I will follow Jesus. One of the most real-life moments for me is, will I learn how to follow Jesus in sacrificial love? Will I learn how to follow Jesus so that I can receive my identity from Jesus so that when I connect in a meaningful relationship, I am connecting out of an overflow of God's life, out of the truth and wisdom of Jesus, not my selfishness. It's good news. When I have to ask my kid to forgive me because turns out I'm human, it's good news. I need Jesus to show me how to ask for forgiveness. I need Jesus to lead me in the way of his steps and his posture and his character. I need Jesus. I have to surrender control. Don't we love that? Isn't that our favorite? Here's the deal. Jesus says, come follow me and give up control. Let me author a better story. Let me provide out the resources I have. Follow me. Surrender your pride and surrender your control. This is why people walk away from Jesus. I'm just trying to help paint the tension that there's a real collision moment, right? It's, I can read it real nice. Oh, he's proclaiming good news. And oh, come follow me. Yeah, Jesus, I'll follow you. It's not that simple. But it will give you life. It will give you life. Ben Witherington III, in one of his commentaries, says this, Jesus is actually looking for followers, not just learners or dialogue partners. He's looking for followers, where we will yield and we will surrender and we will lay down all the things we hold dear. And we will say, you are God and I am not. You are God and I am not. 
And here's the, the thing that I love about what Jesus is doing here. He doesn't put you on an island. In the call to follow, he says, I'm going to have you called with other people around you, and then I'm going to call you to other people. It's not just life with God, it is life with others. I'm going to call you with others, and I'm going to call you to others. Life with God invites us to life with others. We need each other. We need your faith story so that I can have vision and possibility of how to follow Jesus when I don't know how to. I need where you've learned more about the love of God than I've learned so that you can point me in the direction of God's love when I feel lost and alone. We need each other to see how this story unfolds. We need each other to see the grandness of God. We have been called to share this story. We have been called into a life with others. We have been called to community. James R. Edwards says it this way, the call of the four fishermen indicates that the essential work of Jesus consists in forming a fellowship and that only within fellowship is the call of Jesus heard and obeyed. The community that Jesus forms is not a nameless or a faceless mass, but a community of individuals whose names are known. Jesus knows their names. We should know one another's names. That's why small groups are so important. The community that God is building is a kingdom community where you have a name and you are known face to face. Face to face with the living God and with one another. This is good news. Life with God. Life with others. Life with God and life with others. And coffee. And hospitality. And loving kindness. And worship. Life with God and life with others. And encounter. And experience. Life with God and life with others. And what we have to see is if God's heart is for us and if God's heart is for me, then God's heart is for all humanity. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. God is reaching for us. And at this moment and in this time, God is inviting us into the story that he is writing. Here and now, in the cities we love, for every tribe and every tongue and every nation to experience the love of God. And what I know of my own journey and I know of my own story is God's love has been most tangible in real followers of Jesus loving me and caring for me and walking with me and praying for me and taking me out to lunch. That's not a hint. That's not an ask. For me, that's an ask for you with your friends and your neighbors. That God's kingdom comes when you barbecue and you grill out. When you fire up the smoker and spend an entire night not sleeping so that everybody else can reap the fruit of your labor, God's kingdom comes. And it comes when we don't just let it be a nicety. It comes when we don't just let it be my kindness. But when my life begins to testify to the glory of God and the work of God in me and through me, it becomes a life 
on mission. Jesus says, come and follow me and I will make you. It's funny, in the text, if you read it, it says, they were fishermen. (laughs) They're already writing the story. That's what they were doing and Jesus was doing something new in their life. He's taking what they knew so well and he's redeeming it into the story that he's writing here and now. They were fishermen and now they fish for men. They pursue people with the love of God. I will make you. It is a transformational story of God's grace. Not I will make me. Not the self-made story, the self-engineered story, the self-grand story. But bringing the best of who I am into God's presence and saying, God, have your way. Have your way with me. Lead me into the places you need me to go. Take me into the rooms you need to take me into. Take me onto the campuses that you have me on. Take me to every generation you want me to love and serve, that I would have a life on mission. There's a willingness. There's a humility. There's a sense of relational community. And there's a willingness to respond, to respond with our life, to say, I'm in. I will go where you go. I will be a part of this thing that you're doing. That we receive our purpose in this life from God. That God is at work here and now and every day is an opportunity to welcome his transformation. William Barclay says it this way, I just, I'm so grateful for people who are smarter than me, who are further studied than me, because they can just summarize some thoughts for us. So check this out. It was as if Jesus said, give me 12 ordinary men, and with them, if they will give themselves to me, I will change the world. If they will give themselves to me. We should never think so much of what we are as of what Jesus Christ can make us. How centered is our story on what Jesus Christ is making us into? How fresh are we in the morning around what Jesus Christ is making us into? How interested are we day in and day out of what Jesus Christ is making us into? And I want to be really clear, that's going to press us further into the marketplace. That's going to press us further in with our family. That's going to press us further into our neighborhood where we need to reach out and befriend somebody we used to not think I would befriend. It's going to press us further beyond this place to say, Jesus Christ, who are you making us into? What are you making us into? What do you want to do in and through me? It gives purpose to every day. Life with God, life with others, life on mission. Will we step into God's story? Will our response be as radical as those first fishermen? You know, I just imagine one of them was like, oh, thank you, God, I get so seasick. I just can't even tell you how thrilled I am that you chose me. See you, Dad. I made that up. That is not biblical. It's imaginative. What were the prayers they had been praying? What were the prayers and the longing of their heart that got met face to face with the living God? What are the prayers you're praying And God wants to be so close that it's face-to-face, name-to-name. You are mine. You are my child who I love. You are the one that I'm excited to walk out this day with. You are mine, and I know you. 
face to face, name to name. I had the privilege of being invited by some friends to do a backpacking trip once. It is one of those memories I will carry with me for my entire life. I have never craved McDonald's so hard in my life. And what I know to be true, and this is not to be cliche, it's to be honest. Every journey begins with a first step. Every journey begins with a first step. This journey of faith, Jesus knows where you've been and what's going on. And Jesus is looking at you today and just going, will your first step be to come? Come to me. Come bring your life to me. Do not sort out your past yet. We'll do that together. Do not try to get cleaned up yet. We'll do that together. All I'm asking is for your life to come to me. Jesus says, come. It is your first step of belief. And probably if you've been sort of hanging around faith or church, you've probably been stepping and Jesus by the Spirit has been stepping with you. And then there becomes this moment where you just step in and you go, my life is yours. For some of you here today, that might make sense. Your step on your journey has not been towards Jesus. Today, you can take a first step in the direction Jesus is going. And I want to just tell you our commitment to this here at the Vineyard. We want to help people discover life with Jesus, and we know that takes time and it takes a conversation. One of our small groups is a group called Alpha. Alpha is a comfortable, safe space where you can come curious and you can ask all the questions you want to ask about Jesus. See, they even say it on their promo material. Stay curious, try Alpha. If you aren't sure what small group to sign up for, but you're asking questions about faith, sign up for Alpha. And check out this one-minute clip to give you a little more insight into what Alpha is all about. Let's go to the video. Every day, we are inundated with so much information. Yet so many questions remain. How can I find my purpose? Why am I here? Hey, let's do this. What should Start I Start it one more time and push more volume. How can I find peace? Every day, we are inundated with so much information. Yet so many questions remain. How can I find my purpose? Why am I here? What should I believe? How can I find peace? Why is life so unfair? How can I thrive in challenging times? How can I make the most of my life? These are life's big questions, but there's rarely enough time to think them through properly. If you live to be 70, you're going to spend 20 years and three months asleep, 10 years and five months watching TV, five years and nine months in some form of transportation, seven years and six months eating and drinking. Why not spend less than 24 of them asking life's biggest questions and try out There are so many things we can do with our life. And here's what I want you to know. Alpha is a great place to invite a friend that this might not be the right place to start the invitation list. To walk with them into a living room where we can engage meaningful questions about life. But if there's a first step of faith, every journey continues with a next step. That backpacking trip would have been real short if I had been like, I went backpacking, one and done. I would have missed 
the adventure. I would have missed the uncertainty. I would have missed the bouldering. I would have missed the conversations. I would have missed the campfires. I would have missed the meals. I would have missed the beauty. The whole thing about life with God is it's life with God. It is experiencing God day in and day out, step by step. And I don't know about you, but I need other people to help me know where to step sometimes. And I need the joy of showing people where I've stepped and watching them come along. This is why small groups matter here at the Vineyard. In the last few years, some of the greatest growth that's happened in my faith journey is walking with a friend who was willing to ask bold questions. And to hear questions asked that I never thought to ask. And to face the fact, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question about Jesus. I don't know that about the scriptures. When we begin to walk together, our faith journey expands. Because you don't just get your mind and your outlook and your approach and your questions. You get that plus theirs. And they get yours. And it gets broader. And it gets better. And it gets richer. And it gets truer. We need one another for this journey. Finishing with this thought from William Barclay, he says this. Jesus said, follow me. It all began with a personal reaction to himself. It all began with that tug on the heart which begets the unshakable loyalty of a life of faith. It's personal. It's communal. And it is missional. And this is the journey we are on as a church family. This is the journey of the kingdom of God here and now. And my heart's hope is it will expand for all of us. Let's stand together. What is your step today? What's your step today? Where do you need God to show up? What is the prayer you're praying for your own life? Maybe your step is to sign up for a small group. Maybe you've gotten real comfortable doing the Sunday thing, but small group is where you could take your next step of growth and you could learn how to journey with other people. Maybe you're here today and today is the day that you experience Jesus say, come follow me, and you know that this is the date on the calendar you respond. And you go, Jesus, I, I have not been following you. Like you can just deal in reality. If we just deal in reality, you can look back at the last months, the last years and go, I've sort of been doing my own thing. I've been living life according to my own way. But if this is real, if Jesus is true, and you are calling me my name, and you're asking me to get face to face with you, I don't know anything else to go, but I will say yes. You will come with lots of questions. Your first yes will have all the unknowns. But it's that personal tug of your heart that you can't really explain other than, I'm in. I'm in. I encountered you in worship today. I'm in. I experienced you at the communion table. I am in. And for some of you, you've made that decision long ago, and it's never been shaken, and it's never been lost, but today is the day you go, I'm in again. I'm in with life with you, God. I'm in with life with others, and call me on mission. I want to live for you. I want you to author the story for the rest of my days. I'm in. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing, and I just think that the Holy Spirit is inviting you to come 
And if you need to, you can just take an active posture of coming and you can come down front because that's the meaningful step for you. If you need to, right at your seat, you might sit down, you might kneel, you might raise your hands. Whatever that is, that is an encounter with you and God saying, God, I'm in. And if you need prayer for anything, after I close, you can come down and we'll have leaders that will look and they'll come down and they would love to pray with you. And this is how we're going to close our time together. Take a step on your journey, whatever that next step is, of faith, of small group, of serving, of mission, of loving your neighbor, and step with us into this new season as we journey together. So God, we bless everyone who's here today, and I pray that we, like the first disciples, would hear you call our name. I pray that it would be that close, and it would be that tangible, and it would be that real, that we would be as though we're face-to-face with the God who is alive and who loves us. So Holy Spirit, convict and call hearts into your story. Call lives into your story today, God. I pray by your power and your presence at work, you would show us what it looks like to follow you tomorrow, to follow you this week in all things. We want to be a community who journey together following you, King Jesus. We need your Holy Spirit to do it, to empower us on this journey. And we need it to be anchored in the love of God. So do all that you can do. And build us up and call us forward in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.